0: I'd like to talk about, I'd like to look at the most interesting of the Mahot. Gideon, you're one of the hundred. That's terrific. Thank you very much. Actually, you're one of the 70. The 30 who are dead don't count. They divide it up. Gideon is one of the 70 most um, something Olim from England, according to our race. It was published and his picture is in the the list. Also it goes to show it's an important list, not just uh, you know, names. So Gideon is there, and of course I take all the credit. (laughs) And um, a few other people, a few other people are there. Nobody's here from England though, right? So I can't, uh, but Gideon is on the list. It's a hundred names, I don't know who made the list, 100 names, and (laughs) 70 are alive and 30 died, but it's 100. You know, that's like, uh, that was the thing. And Gideon is easily the best-looking person on the list. (laughs) No, but congratulations, really, uh, it's a kavod. And it has a little biographical sketch, which I could repeat because I memorized it. Would you like <laughs> me to do that? <laughs> Probably not. Okay, what I'd like to uh, uh, talk about a little bit is the, what I consider to be the most interesting of the Imahot, and that's Rivka. Rivka is, um, is interesting. Now, you know that in the order of things, I couldn't put it all down on the sheet, but in the order of things in the Torah, at the end of the parasha Vayera, we all know about Akedat Yitzchak. And we all should remember that after Akedat Yitzchak, there are a few psukim that are a kind of a chronological catch-up in, uh, in uh, Abraham's family. And that begins in Perikah Bet Pasukav, which I'm looking at, but you don't have on the sheet. But it says... It says, you have one posseh. We'll get to it in a minute. After these things, like the Torah tells the story, as though what just happened, which was Akedat Yitzchak, not not such a big deal. You know, after that, something else happened. Something that was uh, uh, noteworthy. But it's hard at first to grasp why it's noteworthy. And that, what is it that Vayugat Abraham Lemo? What was it that was told to Avraham? Ideyoda Milka, Milka, a woman's name, Gamhiba So you remember that Avraham had a brother. Avraham had a brother's name was Nachor. And he had a wife whose name was Milka. And then there's a list of names. As Utsbi Buz Achivet, Kimu'elavi Aram, these are not names that we have adopted into a Jewish tradition. Even though, I mean, they got a mention in the Torah, which sounds like it should be a good recommendation. But we don't, we don't go for that. At Kesed, Bet Chazovet, I remember when I was a young Baal Kore, the two words go together in my case. Uh, I was a I, I was a Balkhore before I became wise enough to stop being a Balkhore. So uh, uh, I used I still lay on Rosh Hashanah. It was a deal when I became by mitzvah. The person who taught me <coughs> how to lane, also taught me how to lane on Rosh Hashanah. You know, like the melody. The melody's a little bit different, major minor. You know, you know that kind of thing. So the uh, berfashkin fashkinazim I only. Do it for Ashkenazim. So this always like struck me as being remarkable. I'd never seen these psukim before I was bar mitzvah. Like they came up every year, but it's kind of like uh, distressing to read about Uts Bicharobet Buzah Chibet Kmuelavir. I guess I just shut it out. But when I studied for my bar mitzvah, I had to learn these psukim. I couldn't understand why the Torah put it in. I've told you many times that Rashi taught us again and again that every word counts. And so even if Rashi doesn't tell us in a particular possible why every word counts, I still have the feeling that every word should count. And why I have to know about kesed and chazov and pildash and yidlav and bituel. But it's the next pasuk, which we begin to understand, and that's on the sheet. The next pasuk is Betuel, Yalad Rifka. Right, Rivka. Betuel had a daughter whose name was Rivka. El Yadam Milka, le'Nachor Avraham. These eight children were born to Nachor. Nachor married Milka, they had eight children. One of the children's names was Rivka. Rashi says, Rashi says, you see on the sheet, you have Rashi. <coughs> so against Rashi, generally, what we expect from Rashi is that Rashi should tell me why it's important. So what Rashi explains to us is that it's not important. It's not it's not important. Those sukim were written in order to tell us who, who Rivka was. Because Rivka is important enough to get a whole parasha. To get a whole parasha of the Torah. It's separate. It's called Maftir in most of the Chumashim. And, and so it's a separate, it's almost like a little separate entity. So all of those sukim with all of those names, I mean, that five sukim with those names with uh, the descendants of uh, of Nahor, they all are in the Torah because the Torah wants us to know where Rivka came from. Why does the Torah want us to know that? I can't, I mean, I don't have much of an explanation for Rashi, except we'll see. I don't have much of an explanation. Why does Why do we have to know? Because in the next parasha, in we have also the story of the Shidduch, the great Shidduch, that uh, uh, Yitzchak made with Rivka. Actually, Yitzchak uh, obviously was a, more of a charedi. He did nothing. He just sat there and waited for the Shidduch to show up. And, and the Shidduch showed up. The Shidduch did show up. And that's the story that we encounter in, uh, in uh, the book of, in the parish of Chayesara, and there's no doubt that Rivka, Rivka, plays a role. She, she's not passive. Yitzchak, he's passive. He doesn't do a thing. At the end of the story, he was walking out in the field and he saw a camel. And he said, Mom, I wonder who that could be. I mean, you can imagine the play. It would never go. Yitzchak said, who could that be? And somebody told him, oh, it must be your wife on the camel. Oh, great. Great. I mean, what better way is there to receive a wife than on the back of a camel? So Yitzchak does nothing. Rivka does everything. I mean, of course, it is the intermediary of Eliezer, but Eliezer was a working man. We expect him to do something. He doesn't count because he disappears. He's already disappeared, in fact, right? When did Eliezer disappear? Eliezer disappeared in Akeidat Yitzchak. Because in Akeidat Yitzchak it says, Shnei Na'arav Imo, that Avram Avinu went with two, two something or others. Rashi says, Who are they? Yismael and Eliezer. So if Rashi says they are Yishmael and Eliezer, what does that mean? It means that it, when the story was told, they were erased. They were erased because they. They couldn't go to Akedat Yitzchak. They could not reach that level of devotion. They had no way of understanding what was going on. So the story erased them, right? That's what Rashi said. Rashi says, "Oh, it was Eliezer and uh, and Ishmael. So, uh, so he say, "How did Rashi know that?" Don't tell me Chazal said it. The Chazal said it. But, but how did Rashi know that it was that it was so? He says, "Well, because they were they were mentioned." As not having names, when do you mention somebody who doesn't have without his name, when he fades into oblivion? That's what the Torah. The Torah could have said that Abraham went with Yitzchak to Akedah Yitzchak. Who else cares? Who cares how many camels or donkeys came with him? How many people? But the Torah says Shnei na Mo. Rashi says they were. They had names. But the Torah doesn't tell us their names, because they were no longer of any significance. Yitzchak had taken over the spiritual quality that Abraham uh, uh, bereaved to the, to the people of the world. Yitzchak was, and, and, and Eliezer, and Ishmael. Abbas Ishmael we all know, because he had descendants, and we think that about his descendants. They were not capable of achieving what Yitzchak was able to achieve. So, it came time for Yitzchak to get married, and we know that uh, Eliezer, Eliezer was sent to find the shidduch. Now, this is an interesting challenge. I mean, how is he going to find the shidduch? So, Abraham sent him to his family. Why he sent him to his family? I don't know what his family were, to, were were more righteous than the people in Canaan. I don't think so. I mean, a possible explanation which is brought by some of the Mithar Shim is that if you marry a woman who comes from California and you don't get along with her, it's harder for her to run off. I mean, if she's in Yerushalayim, it's harder to run off to California than if she lived it came from Tel Aviv. Did I say that unclearly? <laughs> I mean like it's an advantage to if everybody in the world all the women in the world are idolaters right? I assume if all the women in the world are idolaters and you're looking for a shidduch for Yitzchak so which is better? To get him to marry him off to a woman who lives nearby, who grew up nearby or to marry him off to a woman who lives in Yehuppitz? So Avram said of course Yehuppitz because the influence of the home that she comes from will be diminished. And she'll be able to more easily adopt the practices of of her home. We know that in Rivka's case, if you just think back a year to next week's parasha, in Rivka's case, I mean, she she not only was able to adopt the principles of Avraham Avinu, but she protected them against the, uh, the weaknesses of her husband. Right, who was, uh, uh, whose strength was his weakness, right? Yitzchak, he was an olat mima, that's what the, the Gemara calls him, olat mima. Olat mima, there was something perfect about him. He could have been sacrificed, he could have been sacrificed to God in olat, olat mima. So Yitzchak's piety and spirituality kind of put him in a position where, where he was just not able to make the right decision at the right time and the right decision at the right time was to adopt Yitzha Yaakov as his heir but he wasn't able to do that at least not uh, fully and she was Rivka was and Rivka became the dominant person who saved Am Yisrael he, she created Am Yisrael because Yaakov created the family. Yaakov invented the family. I've told you this many times. Yaakov invented the family of Israel. What does that mean? That Avram had two sons but one of them was a bad guy. So he was kicked out. He was gone. Yitzchak had two sons. One was a bad guy. He was kicked out. No family. It all went by it all went by merit for Avraham and Yitzchak. Families are not like that. Families are able to put up with less than uh, perfection. And you're in the family, you're in the family. I mean, this is a... So Yaakov, Yaakov had a lot of children and Reuven was not as he was hoped to be, and Shimon and Levi were not as they were hoped to be, so, but they were in the family. They never were sent away. This was Yaakov's invention. I don't mean that they did it without divine approval. I don't mean that, but I just mean he's the one who started it. It was his family that became Am Yisrael. Until Yaakov, it was only excellence right? Yitzchak because he got it, and Yaakov because he got it. But Yaakov had a family, and the family stayed a family. In, internally, there were certain punishments, and there were difficulties, and when all the brothers came to Egypt, they got their due from Yosef. They didn't know who Yosef was. They were afraid of Yosef when they found out who he was. They, they were punished for their own indiscretions, but they were not read out of the family. And therefore, Am Yisrael was the result of Yaakov. He did it. So Rivka understood that, Rivka understood, I mean it could be that, that uh, uh, Esau had some redeeming qualities as well as Chazal said that Esau was, you know, was great in the Kibbutz of Avaim. but he was not going to be the family of Israel. He would have his own family. He would have his own kind of regime that he established in Eretz-Kinan, but he's not the family of Esau. So Rivka, so the story of Rivka, this is where we started out, I think, before I, I was led into some sort of hysteria. The, the story of Rivka is really the story of the creation of Am Yisrael, right? Which includes rejections and absorptions and determinations about who, who the family is and what that means. So here in this Pasuk, Rashi says, that all of these children, the list of the children who were born to and that whole list is there only for this pasuk. And what is this pasuk? To tell us who Rivka was. It's that important. It's so important. What they didn't know who Rivka was, or who her father was, or what difference would it make? No, it would make a difference. It make a difference because Rivka, you have to understand, overcame. Rivka overcame her limitations. She became she became uh, uh, the dominant personality in this chain of events that led to Am Yisrael, the Ramban. The Ramban, you see the Ramban is there. The Ramban, you know, he asked one of these ludickey questions. He says, how come Lavan is not mentioned? He was also a child, right? Because uh, he was also a child. Kilov ba la rak hashmoni shi yadam milkal in Aval, is the only reason the Abis p'sukim is to tell us who who Milka's children were by Nachor. Aval hiskir ifkia dia yichusa ba hapara shaf. So the Ramban says it. Everything I said, the Ramban said. Everything I said, I stole from the Ramban. He said that that. The important thing is to know who she was, where she came from, and we'll see why that is so important pre- uh, uh, presently. All right, that, that's a different a different pasuk, but a similar thing where 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 there are people mentioned, but the point is only to mention one of the one of the people. Okay, so now we're up to the story. We're up to the story. The story starts in. uh the uh, the story that I want to remind you of. By he who pasuk tedvav, you see breishit perakadal pasuk tedvav, by he who term kila ledaber v'yinei rivka yosait asher yul dal lebitu el ben milka aishet machor achi abraham kadal shichmas. So, so there you have it. Question. So why do I need that previous pasuk? Do I say the same thing over again. <coughs> because, because the Ramban said it, the Raji said it, the Ramban said it, it's so important. Why is it so important? We'll see. The end of the pasuk: V'chada al shichma. So in any case, you remember that that Eliezer said that he needs a sign. I and mean, Eliezer realized they had a problem. I mean, Abram didn't send him. His mission was not to get uh, a Yitzhak engaged to some particular person. He was supposed to find the person. So Eliezer comes to, to that place, and he says, Look, uh, Rebun and Shalom, I can't do this. Tomorrow. How am I going to know who, who she is? The only way I'll know is if there's a sign. Okay? So there should be a sign. This is not the sign. She goes down to the well, or to the iron, not a well, but a spring, and she uh, uh, she fills up her kad. Uh, what's a kad? jug. A what? jug. Oh, A jug. <laughs> they didn't have jugs in those days. <laughs> jugs. So he, says, so he says, So great. So he says, Here's the sign that he's looking for. Okay? She finished. Water giving him water. But wow, what chesed. What a woman of 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 chesed. But El she emptied the jug of water into the trough that word. Trough. No? Trough. Trough, Not trough. Trough. Trough trough. That's what I used to say, we all know Trump. trough. I can't, uh, I mean, I'm from Brooklyn, I realize that's a disadvantage, but uh, I think that's what I heard here at the, <laughs> When I got to the west side of Manhattan, you know, like I asked them to pronounce all these words for me. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, a So she got water for all the camels. Pasuk kaf aleph va'ish mishta'el la machriish l'dat ha'isliach Hashem darco imlo. Okay, so let's forget about this word mishta'el, which Rashi will explain to us if we have the patience for it. Uh, uh, but but look at that pasuk. Pasuk kaf aleph ish mishta'el la. He like you know he was really taken by all of this. I mean, imagine he comes to a place, he doesn't know anybody, and the one woman that he meets, you know, does this remarkable act of chesed on his behalf, gives him water, gives his water. He didn't even really ask for that, just for water for himself. <clears throat> Is this it? I mean, it was a sign. But it wasn't like a, a billboard and it said yes. It was just a sign. And so Eliezer is a little bit nervous. He says, This could be it. Could be. Could be it. Mishta eladat. Mishta He was silent, trying to understand. Hi, it's Leah Hashem darko in love. If it's already happened, if he is now. So, if you look at the Rashi at the bottom of the page, Mishta'ella—not the first Mishta'el, which is grammar, which I know everybody likes a lot—but the second Mishta'el, the second you see uh, the, on top of Nun Zayin, Rashi says, "Mishto aleha." He was amazed by her. He was amazed by her. Kimo uchemo so that that it's the same word right the same word they were they were amazed uh, the people in Sodom you know were amazed uh, so Eliezer he was amazed so what, what does that mean what is Rashi trying to say what is trying to say that when something happens. That is divinely inspired, you'll certainly be amazed. Right? So Eliezer was amazed. Even though he didn't know in his head exactly how to assess what had happened, he knew in his heart and his soul, in his kishkis, he knew that this was something special. It was something noteworthy. It was something that he could not he could not avoid. So if you look at ha Bet, Vahika Shekha Lua Gmalinishot. By ish nezem zahav beka mishkalo, he took a nezem, it's a nose ring, that weighed a beka. I don't know how much that is, but it doesn't matter. al yadera and two um tzmidim. bracelets. Bracelets. You can see if you ask my wife, she'll tell you I'm very bad on jewelry. <laughs> you got to store, you not know the word, so you you you're excused. So I don't know what that is, but I guess it means they were fancy. So, but but there's a problem here. At least it seems to be problematic because it says by ish. That's uh, that's Eliezer. Nezem zahav beka mishkalah, Mishkalo, Where did he get this nezem zahav from? where was this nezem where was this Nezem Ish Nezem Zahav. He took it. Where did he take it from? Well, let's say he took it from his backpack. Mm-hmm. I mean he had it, he must have had it, he knew he was gonna get him, somebody was gonna get engaged, he had presents, right? So he took the nezem, his was his nezem. But then the continuation of the Pasuk is, Al Yadeha. Asarazah mishkalam. Now what does that mean? Two bracelets al yadeha. He took them from her? She, she had bracelets? He had a nose ring and she had bracelets? So he took the nose ring and he took the bracelets from her? Beka neitzu mishkalam. So we have like a little bit of a problem. A little bit of a problem. Uh, just one second. If you turn the, you turn the page. You have the page of the Rashbam. Remember, <coughs> the Rashbam is related to Rashi. He's sort of continuing Rashi. And he has some different attitudes about Pshat, but that's not important. But what did he say here? Uh, that's the next pasuk, I'm sorry, turn back turn back again and the next pasuk next pasuk pasuk of gimu vayomer bat miat ha-gilin ali hayesh ba Bait avich makom lanu lalin vayomer bat miat ha-gilin ali hayesh bait avech makom lali batmiat so the Rashbam says turn back to the Rashbam, yesh loma shechal she'ala batmiat natan la natan la he gave it to her sheloma sheketav mafanaynu besepur divarav later on when he tells the story over again he says it in that in that order ela Shalola hafsek say divarav right etc so what does the mom say first he asked her could you put me up you know this was like uh, in in those days everybody had a lot of room right i guess so he's eliezer says to her look you're doing so well on the water how about putting me up I gave a piece of That was like a, that's such a remarkable thing. And then after that, after she said, yes, we have plenty of room, you could come over, then he gave her the jewelry. Then he gave her the jewelry, but here, here it says, uh, Here it's written in the wrong order. Right? I don't know exactly what the Rashbah means, but he follows along the Rashi's position, which is, Which means, which means that usually the Torah is written chronologically. Right? Abraham comes before Yitzhak, and Yitzchak comes before Yaakov, and Yaakov comes before Yosef. It's usually chronological, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not and something comes before something else. So Rashi generally was of the opinion that it doesn't, that doesn't bother us. "Ein mukta muhava means that that even when the chronology is off, we still read the psukim. That the unit is always a pasuk and not uh, many psukim. So that's a problem. That is a problem. So we're finished, right? We're finished with this section of the story. This section of the story we're finished with. Pasuk uh, I'm sorry. Elav, Bat Ben So here we have the third mention of her yichus, Right? One at the end of the parsha in uh, Vayera and then the psukim the that we read here. And now again, who she is. Vatomer Elav. Gam teven, Gam Rabbi we've got a lot of stuff in my house. We have a place for you to sleep. So here's Eliezer. Eliezer is the religious moment in the story. Eliezer is the one who understands that God has directed him. Eliezer is the one who understands that he successfully navigated this very difficult undertaking because HaKadosh Baruch took care of him. Even though Eliezer, Eliezer Chazal say, I mean Eliezer did not create a dynasty. There are no children of Eliezer that we know about. However, Eliezer was like, was like Abraham. He was like Abraham. He knew and he felt that he understood he, he was not capable of the Mesirat Nefesh that Yitzchak was capable of, but he understood what it was that Abraham was trying to sell to the, to the human race he was trying to sell them a humanity based on appreciation of, of God's action so we we see this pasuf, <laughs> that's a passage that could be written about any religious person a seriously religious person and in this case it's written about Eliezer because he understood that what was happening to him was in fact a divinely oriented. Pasukha f khed pataratsa na ra, batagila baiti maki dvarima ayla. Vayoma rihem al takaruti vahem atsliak dar shalchuni va el adoni. vayomru nikralla na rabani shalat piya. Ba kruli rifka bayomru e leha isha zeva toma elah. So so uh, uh, rifka Rivka, in spite of the fact that she is a partner to this whole enterprise, for some reason is willing to accept the offer that Eliezer made, come with me, come with me far, far away, to Eretz Kinnan, where you'll meet your husband to be, and you'll start, you'll embark on a new life, totally different from the life that you've had up to now. And she is absolutely fearless, I mean, she must have hated her parents and her brothers. And her, but, but she's willing to go. She's willing to go right away. She doesn't even ask a question. She doesn't answer a question, which is another, we could say, is another indication of God's hand played in the story. Not only does she appear to Eliezer as the, the possible shidduch for Yitzchak, but she somehow feels herself that she is that person and therefore she has no question about the... has no question about the... uh, uh, the, she has no problem with the answer. They say, the brothers say to her, you want to go? Whatever that means, it's hard to tell. But she says immediately, yes, I want to go. Yes, I want to go. Now we have the... uh, uh, Just one second here let's go to the end of the story right there's a lot of in between but we just don't have time we don't have time for all of that we'll go to the end of the story as it is told in our parasha so it starts in pasuk Nun vav. you see like the sort of the second paragraph pasuk nunvav no I made a mistake, right? No, I didn't. Don't hold me back. Again, Eliezer, mentions that it is God that is in charge of this whole project. Send me, let me go. And let me go to my master, Avraham. So Rivka says, "Yes, I want to go." and they sent Rivka. That may is a, a wet nurse, but it probably means the 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 servant that she had that she grew up with, with Eved Avraham et by at Rivka, they blessed Rivka, your lachoteinu at hayi Rivva, you will be, there'll be thousands of you, you will multiply, vinyirash zarechet sha'ar sonav, and your your uh, progeny will uh, will inherit sha'ar sonav, uh, son which means that they will inherit the land, some kind of land, so it's interesting that these guys who don't understand anything about anything basically gave Rivka the bracha of Avraham and Yitzchak, right? The bracha to Avraham in the Brit B'nai B'tarim was Zera and Eretz Canaan, Eretz- Eretz- right? They would get the land and they would be fruitful and multiply. They'd have a great... The nation would become great. So, her uncles? Her uncles? Uh, yeah, I guess, but they lived very far away. They were—they had nothing to do with each other, except they knew about each other apparently. So they say—they say, they say uh, these are her brothers, who say to her brothers, right? But the father of the brothers were—was there was her father also? But her uncle was Abraham. Her uncle was Abraham. So again, again, so the posse, I want to get to the end. So they left, they all got on camels and they went on the way, they went westward. Right to Eretz Canaan, to the place that Avram Avinu, Avram and Yitzchak live and then starts this little romantic scene. Right, there's a romance. There's not much romance in the Torah, but here's a little bit, a little bit of romance. The Yitzchak bo just happening along. You know, as I said before, he didn't really have a job; he wasn't doing much. He's what he was walking around. You're like an afternoon constitutional. Be'er name of a place. Name of a place down south, as the Ramban uh, uh, explains. He was in the Negev someplace. Negev means Be'er Sheva and south, it's south of Be'er Sheva. So that's where he was. And Yitzhak went out to kind of. Uh, Talk to the field. You know the Chazal say that this passage indicates that Yitzchak invented the Tfila of Mincha. Right? So they see is not just um, talking to the birds and to the flowers but it means that he was having a serious conversation with God. Lifnot Erev as the day waned he raised his eyes and he saw he made malim by him. Isn't that something? Something to, 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 to stop you. Imagine making a movie, a guy standing there, and the camels are going by, and he gets excited about it. rifka et meal So this is worth looking into. She picked up her eyes. She picked her up, up her eyes, and she saw this camel, and on the camel, uh, but, uh, but, I'm sorry, but the sorry, she raised her eyes, but they read Yitzchak. What does that mean? I mean, how do you know it was Yitzchak? It was a guy. <coughs> so you know, she saw, I guess Eliezer, and she must have said, "Oh, who's the other guy with Eliezer?" so I guess he's the guy he knew after all he knew that, that, that Eliezer was sent to find the Meshitta so he says so the Pesach says <laughs> so, so how did she know that it was Yitzchak I mean, that's what I meant to ask how did she know it was Yitzchak uh, and she fell off of the camel an unlikely thing but she did it. So then she said who is this guy? But the person said she knew there was Yitzchak. So why is she asking again? Who's (laughs) HaEved? Eliezer. So what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Eliezer is reverting back to his unimportant uh, uh, personality. His name is never in partial. Yeah, but he well, was ish, but he's an Ish. What? He was an Ish before. Yeah, but an Ish is better than an Eved, right? Ish, ish, as the Rabbah says, is a Malach. I mean, it's a synonym for Malach. So it could be the Ish is a, is a non Malach, but but it, it hides the idea of Malach in it. But here, Eved, Huadoni, so she took the veil, and she covered her, her face. And we don't know what she was doing at this time, when Eliezer is telling Yitzchak the story, last For those of you who want to be balek like, Kriya, this is one of the two or three words in the Chumash where the accent is on the pre-penultimate syllable. Penultimate means next to the last. And pre-penultimate means next to the next to the last. And so, I think it's
1: the anti, what? I
0: think it's the anti-penultimate. Anti-penultimate? Okay, anti-penultimate, anti-penultimate, if you like that. But the idea is that it's very rare in Hebrew, according to the ta'amim that we have, the system of ta'amim that we use, most words are accented milra, on the last syllable. And some words, certain patterns are accented on next to the last syllable. And that covers 99.9% of all the words in the Tanakh. But there are several words which are accented on the anti, what is it? Penultimate Penultimate syllable. It was two from the end. Oh Hella. Oh and that's the word. And is there, reason that this, this is there teach, what? Does this teach us anything, or are mm-hmm. we supposed to learn something from the fact that it's accented on the antepenultimate? You know? No, this is an entertainment digression. Oh, okay. <laughs> it means nothing at all. And if you and if you don't lane it properly, you get away with it. It's not it's not considered a mistake. But it is, you know, it's interesting for people who are interested in things like that. It's interesting. In any event, the last pasuk is by Yitzchaka Sarah Imo, and immediately, immediately Rivka became Sarah. In in other other words, everybody understood that it was not a modern marriage. <laughs> It was not a marriage of two people who were intent on escaping their parents. This marriage was in order to be the parents. Right? Yitzchak Yitzhak was Abraham. It says it again and again that Yitzchak accepted. Avram of Vinu's level of belief and devotion to God and Rivka upon arriving at least in the way the story is told immediately becomes Sarah so that Yitzchak and Rivka were Avraham and Sarah right there's no doubt that she was the, the right person for the job okay you see the 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 last pasuk in the rashi <laughs> she became like similar to very much the same as sarah imo rashi says it she is sarah she is Sarah, so that the qualities that Sarah had, which were going to be imposed on the future of the family of Israel, devolved into Rivka. and she was Sarah. She Sarah kayemet. As long as Sarah was alive, hayad shabbat shabbat. There was a candle that was lit from one of Shabbat to the next, that the Isa would overrun uh, when, when you made bread, and there was a, a, a cloud connected to her tent. When she died, these three things ended. They did not exist any longer, as she did not exist right okay now there are a few other things we could we could look at but, but I, I don't want to miss out on the shemesh so let's look at the shemesh and then we'll try to summarize the shemesh this is the shemesh uh, you hear? Shoshana is a rose. And chochim are brambles. I don't know what brambles are. But it doesn't matter. You get the idea, right? A rose is a rose. rose is something you can cut down and give to somebody. And a bramble is something you can't. You, can't, you cut it, but you can't give it to anybody. It's just prickly. So he says, Lelakeit shoshana zo Of course, He's talking about let's talk about Rivka Rivka was the Shoshana and her whole family is the Chochim what you have to do in Shebishmuel he just like said it straight out he says you know Rivka she was an idolater she was, she was under the influence of all these bad people so what do you have to do to pluck the rose out of the brambles? How do you get the rifka of the end of the story from the rifka of the beginning of the story? In other words, he says, yes, it's true, Eliezer yes, had a sign. Eliezer yes, knew it was the right person because she brought water. She helped him out. But apparently you can be an idolater and be helpful. It's not always so easy to tell which people are unacceptable because they might be nice, unacceptable, and nice are not always contradictory. So, so the Shemishmuel says, "What? For, good, there was a sign from heaven that Drifka was it, but how did he get her to be the Shoshana mi'bein ha'chochim?" So he says. It me to drive out of her all of the bad things the yetsarah nehem which were kind of became part of her in that family who keein taarat it's it's similar to purifying somebody who has the negav tzorat somehow the kohen. Has to kind of usurp it out of them. You have to get it out in some way or other. Ukimoshe tarata mitzora tzrichal yodah yedei kohen davka lamshichlo. <laughs> that just like we know that tarata mitzora has to come al Yede kohen davka. Right? There's a person who who has that job. Lamshichlo <laughs> miloven halyon chesed. Chesed, that he, he he has to pull down the white from from heaven. Chesed, gematria, ayin bet, ayin bet. That's Chesed, right? Sixty and eight and four, canal seventy two. Keinami le'mshoch et rivka. Keinami le'mshoch et rivka misham. Nitzrah kocho Avraham said so again the Shemish Mishwul is trying to explain something he's saying you know you, you had the wrong shot you thought that when Rivka came and put water out for the camels for, for you that that was a sign from heaven here she is a, 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 a wondrous person so he says no that's not what happened what happened was that that you uh, that elezer represented abraham who is ishach hased tachtiv beednesbah Hashem velo yinachem atako halolam that that abraham winning is also a coin we yada evet ki yada we know that the evet is doing the bidding of the one who sent him and so he acts on behalf, behalf of his master. So he says, he the rule says, oh, it's that what you think. It's not that she was that way, but when she saw eliezer she became that way. She became full of 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 chesed and because she was reflected like the chesed of Abraham was reflected off of Eliezer and affected her and that was the sign the sign was that it affected her it wasn't that she was perfect living in the house of of Betuel no she lived in the house of Betuel and she was affected by by where she was living this is what the the Mishmuel is radicalizing the story somewhat and what he's saying is, what he's saying is, it's not like there was a, a, a hidden rose that no one ever saw before, and along came Eliezer and he saw it. It wasn't quite that way. It was actually that she became the rose when True. Eliezer saw her. Right? She, she was affected by his, by his purity, and his purity was the purity of Avraham Avinu he was a shaliah, he was the emissary of Avraham Avinu and therefore he was able he was able okay, that it's the chesed of Avraham that is working that is acting of course she has it in her but she would never on her own have been able to affect the situation in that way unless Eliezer had been there and inspired her to it. So, in the story, when the Torah mentions that she is coming out, that she is becoming, that she's going to the tent of Sarah, and she takes her place, then Eliezer is called Eved. He's always called Eved. Why is he called Eved, a slave? Because that quality of chesed. That came from <coughs> Avram Avinu into the world. I've mean, yet to be a little bit of a Kabbalist to know that. Not much. To know that, that Avram Avinu is Chesed. Right? The, the, the spheros, the spheros and the Ovos are sort of like paired off. So the first of the lowest seven spheros is Chesed, Gvur, Teferis. Chesed is Avram, and Gvura is Yitzchak and Teferis is Yaakov. So Avraham, Avram is considered to be the one who brought Chesed into the world somehow. It wasn't, I mean, that, that divine chesed is a response to the human attempts to, to have chesed. So this is what he says. He says, Call, uh, 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 again, Alcain, the fourth line, <laughs> anything that was done that was equal to taking Rifka out of them, them, that family, and making her into a pure kind of person, the Eliezer is always called eved. lahorot to teach us kochatzmo It's not him who is convincing her to be something special. It is him who represents the chesed of Avraham Avinu, which is finding a connection with rift ker ive me avshu avshu local hatzmo ya bazeh avshu atzmo ya nam adam gadol even though he eliezer was a great person yoshai beyeshiva kbe shas that he was also a Talmud chachav va ya ziv ken his face the face of Eliezer was very similar to the face of Abraham you know so they say people live together for a long time they end up looking like each other I don't know if that's true it wasn't Eliezer himself who was able to influence Rivka and make her into, uh, into the right person It all comes from Abraham. So the Shaman Shmuel said the Shaman Shmuel says yes it could be it could be that uh, God showed him the way. It could be that there was a sign from heaven and that she uh, gave water and fed the camels and that's that's how Eliezer knew that she was the chosen one. But how did Rivka become Rivka? How is it that Rivka somehow uh, extricated herself from who she was with, who she lived with, the bad people that, that were in charge of her education and, uh, and rearing. How did she do that? So he says, he says, oh, that's a separate story. That's the story of Eliezer, the representative of Abraham, who is the chesed, who brought chesed into the world, and... It reflected itself off of Rivka, who hadn't been that way until Eliezer, until Eliezer, uh, until Eliezer showed, showed up. Um, okay, there's a little more to say, but I think that's enough. Maybe next week we'll talk about the second part of Rivka, of the story of Rivka not possible that she just could have been a good person. It has to be. I don't know if it's possible, but I'm just saying, if she wasn't. <laughs> it has to be from another man. <laughs> ah. You started off by saying she was yeah, so good. Yeah, that's a problem, because Abraham did it by himself. So you're saying that only he could do it, and she was unable to. She was I mean, enough. if you look at the shots. Well, nobody she was, was able, able to do what Abraham did. That's why Abraham was Abraham. <laughs> It's not only uh, she, but nobody. Even his own children were not able to live up to his standard. Yeshmael couldn't live up to the standard. And the Bnei Keturah, the Torah says he had other children, which he sent away. He gave them presents and he sent them away because they couldn't live up to, to the standard that he showed them. It was, we, they didn't have to invent it. They had to just imitate him. Where they couldn't do that. It's difficult to live with the righteous. Okay. Good shot.